Thank you. Wow. Thank you. What yes. a crowd. What yes, a what crowd. a crowd. We're back. We'll be here all week. Man. We are, this is three in a row, Chris. Three in a row. We deserve an award we of deserve, some kind. You know what award we deserve? We deserve coffee Coke. Indeed. I love that this is now like the official drink. Coke coffee. Here we go. We're trying we're going the, vanilla, right? We're trying vanilla this time around. Uh, uh, it just even the it just even sounds good. Like it, it pours like an like a float. Yeah, it really does. It's so creamy. It's so delicious. It really. I just love it. I just love it. Yeah, it's really delicious. And I, I mean, I feel like I, you know, we were the demographic. They were like, do you like these two things? Here they are together. Yeah, here they are together. <laughs> who needs Coke and coffee, coffee. together? Right. Tara and tacos. Yes. That's who needs it. Hey, have you eaten tacos? Uh, you know, in the past I have, but Christy, uh, we mixed it up this week. We did because we actually ended up hanging out together last yes. night. Not even watching the movie we're talking about today, no, but just hanging just out. Just hanging out, watching some 80s amazing films. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction and Working Girl. Working Girl, which Aspen had never seen. So I that's know, great. Yeah. Which is incredible to me. Yes. I love both of those movies for different, for different reasons. reasons. Yeah. Um, but we, we mixed it up and we got uh, Scalini's, which is, we, the people need to know if you are in the Dallas area yeah. about Scalini's. It's this small, old school Italian restaurant. Yeah, that's over here in Lakewood. That has incredible pizza, uh-huh. uh, pasta, macaroni and gravy, as my family would call it. Macaroni, I love that. And like you introduced us, you and John introduced Aspen and me to this place years ago. Mm-hmm. This is now when my parents come to town, and I will just say this, my parents are more Italian than I could ever hope to be, uh-huh. Christy, having grown up on the East Coast and all that. It's the one place my mom always wants to go when she comes to visit. It's so delicious. Yeah. And last night we just did pizza, which was, their pizza's awesome. It's yeah. like a s- technically Sicilian style, yeah, maybe. It's I don't know. Thin. Yeah. Square. I don't Square. even. Square. It's delicious. They, you know, we talk a lot about you could go to a place and mix it up or you can see how they handle the classics. Uh huh. Their spaghetti and meatballs or angel hair and meatballs, depending on which way you go, it's perfect. It's perfect. So good. I love it. It's, yeah. So Scalini's, you got to go. You got to go. We had pepperoni pizza and then we had uh, cheese pizza with sun-dried tomatoes and, and basil. Yeah, delicious. And usually when I go, um, I will have, I mean, I'll have some kind of pasta, but sometimes when I'm not feeling like a big giant pasta dish, uh-huh. I will have a meatball yeah. in, in marinara sauce and a scoop of mashed potatoes. Which is like and an amazing combo. No, they love it. It's it's so good. Yeah, and Aspen usually gets the eggplant parmesan. So if you don't eat meat, but you don't just want pasta, they have that. Right. They have the best cappuccino pie I've oh had my God, in the city. Oh, it's so good. Remember that time that I bought you that cappuccino pie for your birthday and incredible. then it melted? But then we put it in the freezer and, and it came back to life. And it was, came back to life. <laughs> and John ran out and got another one. I know. So we had two, we a had melted two. one and a perfect one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check out Scalini's. We're battling some microphones. We're, we're, gonna, we are, we're having some mic issues, so we're going to hold them, yeah. and then by next time, I'll have another. But table. we're going to win. We're yeah, going to beat these microphones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scalini's East Dallas. Is it what's? Is it? It's uh, in Lakewood. Abrams and Gaston. Abrams right? and Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go check it out. It's great, and it is very like local. It's not. Oh yeah. You know, like, it's go not a chain at all. It's local people. Yeah. Cool. So what are we talking about today? Well, we are having technical issues. Uh, and the person in our film also has technical issues, I guess. Yes. Uh, we watched <laughs> The Black Phone. The Black Phone. With Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, yeah. This- and uh, we were going to go see it at the Alamo, and then we didn't go see it at the Alamo. Right. And then it was early access on the streamables. It was like a nice, weird little gift that yeah. it just popped up on on early access all of a sudden. Yeah, and I did. You texted me, and you were like, hey, it's streaming. And I was like, great. And I was like, $20. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when it's early access, you know you gotta, you're going to pay out like 20 bucks or something yeah. like that. But you were going to spend that at the theater yeah, anyway. Yeah, when Aspen and I watched it, I think we watched it the night before you and John did. Because mm-hmm. we had this, we're like, fuck, $20. And then we were like, we were going to go see this at Alamo. We would have spent $80. We would have, yeah. We like would have spent like $80 between food and booze tickets, and- booze, a you know, boozy shake and yeah. chicken fingers and all that so stuff we were like, so we'll do the 20 and i'll be honest I, I don't regret it i don't regret it either no. i it was really 
Good. So the black phone starring Ethan Hawke. I can't remember the director, but uh, it's written by. I have it. Oh, it's uh, I'm blind, but I do have it. It is um, directed by Scott, I believe, Derrickson, who directed uh, Sinister. Oh, like, oh, which also stars Ethan Hawke. That's right. So I guess that's, they clearly have like a yeah. You know, a I heard somewhere that Ethan Hawke was like, "This is the scariest movie I've ever done in my life." Black Phone. Uh huh. Um, He's creepy. It's he not the scariest creepy. movie I've it's ever not, seen, yeah. but he's creepy Me as fuck. Me neither. It's written, it's based on a short story by Joe Hill. Yes. Who is? The son of Stephen King. The son of Stephen King. And when I was watching it, I texted you and I said, watching it tonight. And then you texted me, how many bullies has the King family had to deal with? Good Lord. Is that their whole life? I, Are there that many bullies in Maine? Seriously. And a part of me, so like, this is also, it's Joe Hill. It, it's a, a short story called The Black Phone in his first full collection of short stories, which uh -huh. came out in 2005. Right. So this is an early work of his. Uh -huh. I don't think he's as heavily in line with his dad now. I think right. he, you know, he found his own voice. Sure. But I was like, dude, I get Stephen King getting bullied, but like you were the son of Stephen King. Yeah. Wouldn't yes. people like <laughs> kind of I don't know. not fuck with you? Stupid writer kid. <laughs> yeah. Like your dad's awesome. Poosh. Your dad writes horror stories and is a millionaire. <laughs> You're a you. loser. <laughs> How many Well, okay, so this is a coming of age. Absolutely. Very much in the tradition of the body, which yeah. later became Stand By Me. Stand by me and even elements of I mean, it. even it. Yeah. yeah. Um and it, the cool thing, I think, for you and I, or for you and me, and you texted me while you were watching this, is unlike King, whose coming of age, I guess, was the in the 50s, 50s and 60s, mm -hmm. early 60s, this is straight, straight up, up Gen, Gen X. X. Yeah. I mean, it's at times, while scary and a horror movie and creepy, it's almost like a love letter, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, from the very first opening shot... I had a very visceral reaction and nothing scary had happened. It, yeah. I had a very visceral reaction to uh, the, the look of the movie and the look of the kids. Like they, they got it down. Mm -hmm. They got 1978 down yeah and, and they, this like i was nine years old in 1978 that, they and so you're you're these kids are a little older than you would have been uh -huh. right they're yeah. like they're like in they're teens just or they're whatever. their teens they're like 14, eighth grade yeah, yeah eighth ninth grade um yeah it and it doesn't do it doesn't do the thing it's not commenting on the look of the seventies. It's just giving you the it's, look. Yeah, of the it's 70s. giving you the look of the seventies in such an accurate way. But I mean, like, it's so funny because clearly they're using some kind of filter. Sure, right? sure. But like, I remember the seventies looking like that color, and I don't know. I know that yeah. sounds ridiculous, and it could be that I'm remembering like old photographs or Polaroids or I, or the the things we watched the on television. That's it. Yeah. Because it's not only, it's not just looking like the 70s, but it has the feel and look, those are my dogs, y'all, uh, the feel and look of things that we watched yeah. back then. And it, it's, it, from the from the minute it starts, mm -hmm. right? Like, yeah. man, those coats they're wearing. and Those puffy jackets. The puffy jackets. Like, you know, I, I was, in 78, I was still quite young, so I don't really have great memory of that year. But even into the early 80s, like I had those coats, man. And I have seen photos of yeah. me as a little boy in those coats. Yeah, I had a blue puffy jacket that had an orange and yellow stripe that went yeah. all the way around. You got to have the chest. stripe, man. Yeah. And I was like, I was so proud of that puffy jacket. Yes. So sorry, millennials or Gen Z, you didn't invent puffy jackets. <laughs> you didn't invent shit. Shit. You didn't invent I'm shit. Sorry. We had puffy jackets. Yeah. And I'm not saying we invented them. No, we them. stole all the stuff from the boomers yeah. who everyone hates. But we had them. <laughs> yeah. We like, had puffy jackets back then. The other thing about it, sorry, man, these mics are just, hey, we're I just don't know what's get happening. A workout. We're going to get a workout. Um, is It's not only Gen X and the way it looks, and maybe I'm jumping the gun and we should talk about the story, but in the way that the story is told, it's very much attitude of how we were brought up. Absolutely, yes. And the, I still maintain that the, 
that that one of those final shots, one of the final shots in the movie really is a kind of commentary on how Gen X feels about the everybody the else. Yeah, yeah. And everybody yes. else. I, I agree. With the two kids sitting in the ambulance. Yeah. Def, del, definitely. Yeah. And um uh That is for sure Gen X going like fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, they're they're I think everything about this movie is Gen X going fuck you. Um and we can talk about how that shows up in, in the plot. Uh, so yeah, so it starts there. It's really about a brother and sister mm-hmm. at its core, right? Finny is the boy Finn. Finny. Uh, everybody calls him Finny. And then is Gwen is his Gwen. little sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Finny is bully. I mean, God damn, yeah, man. He's bullied. He's a, he's a really good pitcher. He yeah. plays baseball. His arm is mint. His arm is mint. Yeah. And so that's the first, do- that's the first scene is like, we're at a baseball game. God, I remember these baseball yeah, man. games. Of course. I mean, that's where you went. Yeah. And so it's little league. They're playing baseball and he's the pitcher and he's really good. And so this kid comes up to the mound and, uh, he pitches and the, but the, the kid gets a hit yeah. and makes a home run and wins the game, right? Wins the game. And at first they're kind of like, man, yeah, this fucking guy, but then they're doing that line where yeah. they, you know, good they're game, like, good, good game, game, good game. And Fuck the kid you, says game. to him, your, your arm, arm is, is mint. mint. Yeah. You almost got me. You almost got me. Your arm is mint. And for two seconds, we think the movie's going to follow the other kid. Yes. And we do mm-hmm. for a moment. Right. And he's like clearly super cool athlete. The girls love the him. The girls love He's him. Really cute, handsome kid. And then he gets kid, kiss, he, kidnapped he, yeah, and disappears. He gets kidnapped and disappears. And that's the other thing is like we are as these kids are living their lives and we're watching these opening shots. You see all of those flyers on fences and on posts that are like, yeah. kid missing, whatever, whatever. Right, which, which is something that started. I mean, I can't say that it's just started to happen in the seventies, but we really started to see that being reported on in the news in the seventies, and it was a terrifying thing. Yeah, and you had said you had a very specific because we both had very specific memories of when we kind of recognized Uh that yours was when I was a kid. It was the young women in the young girls. They were little girls in Atlanta, okay, who were being kidnapped, and it it turned out to be a serial serial killer. killer. Yeah, but there were several little girls in Atlanta, African-American children who were kidnapped and turned up dead. And it was all over the news. And even though it was far away, I mean, at that time I was little, Georgia was like, it might as well, it might as well have been Paris to me. Yeah. Um, it was terrifying. It was terrifying I, to think that someone could just pick you up off the street and you could disappear uh, like that. Yeah. I, I, and so f- I, yes, absolutely. For me, it was, probably it was it would have been a few years later right mm-hmm. it was so it would have been in the, the 80s the early 80s was do you remember the movie adam i don't so there was a tv movie it's about uh it was based on a true story um about the son of the guy who ended up having that tv show uh what is his name joe walsh or something um joe walsh uh, the guitar player not joe not joe something <laughs> walsh where uh not unsolved mysteries it was like a show about okay. like uh-huh. a- along those lines i can't even remember what it's called anyway someone will remember um this was a little boy who got picked up um mm-hmm. and they you know he disappeared and they identify him by his dental records oh man and so there was this move when i was little uh, that we all, all of a sudden needed to go get our dental records right. and fingerprinted. Yeah, us too. That's when, that's when all that, those little cards started. Yes. And yeah. that was like a whole fucking thing, uh-huh. which is also sh- not necessarily strange. So like, this is clearly a panic that right. is happening separate from the satanic panic. Right. But at the same time, very we're, real. We're, it's very real. And we're also in a society in which we are, left to our own devices right. in a way that that no one kid, after yeah, has been. Since the Victorian times. Right. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? Like, like sometimes we could have got a job in a coal mine. We could have. <laughs> like, yeah. I could have worked at a fabric <laughs> sure. weaving place. Well, young Christie is a milliner now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, and sometimes I wonder, I just said that right now, but I'm like, is that why I'm so attracted to Victorian times? <laughs> That's that why I love it? Because we could have been like Victorian urchins working at a workhouse. I don't know what to tell you. She's a hell of a seamstress, (laughs) but it's true. Like we were, I mean, we were left alone in a way that, that I 
honestly, that be, other generations in recent no, past and, and have now with not, the way technology is, it'll never be the same. It's I mean, so funny because I just told you about this meme that I saw. Yes, and it, some, it was someone from like a not our generation, a, a younger generation than ours, who I, I'm going to massacre it, but it was basically like those those Gen X kids. They're the real fuck around and find out. Yeah. They learned how to do shit on their own and survive with nobody. Yeah. They are the real generation of fuck around and yeah. find out. I mean, like, it's just the way it was, man. You came home, you had a key to your house because no one was fucking home. You wore it around your neck. You wore it because both Everybody your, knew it. Yeah, because both your parents worked. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. Everybody knew you were wearing a, a key, key around your neck. So much so that there was a name for those kids called Latchkey Latch kids. kids. And we had one so if i forgot and i had an older brother but by the time i was in middle school i mean my even in elementary school like my brother is five years ahead of me in school mm -hmm. so like he was doing high school shit yeah. when i was in seventh grade right you know um and like we even had one like if i forgot my key there was we had these little lions you know uh -huh. like these tiny are the ceramic yeah, like in front of the library yeah, yeah. but small but small <laughs> um, i like to imagine that they were like these giant, giant lions yes. like in front of the <laughs> front new york the public yes, library yes for like ghostbusters we had tiny lions uh <laughs> and there was always uh, uh an extra key under the lion in case i had forgotten mine or whatever right. we spent a lot of time alone or with our friends and then on the weekends you're like fuck it peace i'm out yeah, um, summer times, we, we've, we've said it before, yes, but summer times was like, all right, go out and play and come and, back when the light starts coming on. And honestly, Joe Hill, I always want to call him Joe King, which is his real name, yeah. but Joe Hill, um, everything that this kid, these children, this brother and sister, mm -hmm. the only way they are able to succeed in this film is because of that right is because they are gen x latchkey latch kids. kids they uh they have a single parent they yes live with their dad an alcoholic father an alcoholic their mother father. is dead their mom's dead and she had the gift she had the gift and that's why the father is tormented yes. you know ab about that um there are some scenes in this movie uh, of of abuse absolutely they're that horrifying they are that are horrifying and not from the killer no 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 uh of just life yes uh and they're horrifying and yet the movie somehow also makes you feel sympathetic towards that character yeah in a way and he um it's almost yeah it's like he, i love that actor too. yeah jeremy davies who plays the dad he was awesome on lost he played faraday yeah he's uh, in ravenous he's yeah he's so good. a great actor yeah he's clearly dis disturbed man i yeah. mean it doesn't justify i mean he beats the shit he, out of his little girl he like, does beats the shit and out the of her. reason so okay little tiny spoiler i guess <clears throat> is that the little girl has dreams yeah you know so these yeah we're gonna spoil yeah, it we're gonna spoil it sorry these, these kids have gone missing and so the little boy at the beginning of the movie uh, goes missing what's his name uh bruce bruce uh what's his the name? first kid yeah the first i can't kid. remember <laughs> bruce anyway um, the first kid, Bruce, the, the really cute kid. Yeah. The good baseball player. Um, he goes missing and a few months have passed apparently. Yeah. And the dad starts putting the flyers up again. Yes. And Finney, they're on their way to school. And Finney says, they're putting up the flyers again. Mr. Whatever is putting up yeah. the flyers again. And, and, uh, Gwen is just kind of standing there and he turns to her and he asks her, he's like, are they going to find him? And she's quiet for a second and she goes, not the way they want. Right. And then so so you get the notion. She she has a gift. Yeah. And um, the reason the dad is upset at her or gets upset at yeah. her is because he does not want her to talk about this gift. Right. Because it was the undoing of his wife. Yes. Yes. Um, Which doesn't justify him no. beating her. But and you also get a sense like this dude has, he can't handle noise. He's a raging alcoholic. I, again, I don't know that it's talked about. I was like, did this dude serve? Like, is he, Vietnam, did he come back from Vietnam? Like, the shell shock. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. But it's also as horrific as that scene is where he's, I mean, just starts beating the shit out of this little girl. It is also to show that Finn will not 
cannot, he is still too afraid to take action. Right. And yet Gwen stands up to her yes. dad. Even in even amidst the beating, yeah. she has the wherewithal to like look him straight in the eye. And smashes and smash his vodka bottle. Yeah. Um and so it's important though that we see that Finn can't he can't do it. He yells, but he he won't step in, right? Right. And then he we see Finn at school. He has this badass friend, Robin, Robin Ariano, who the little <laughs> dude who is the the but even like even the tiny way tiny Bruce Lee <laughs> even even the way that they do the fights. So yeah. they're like they're on their way to the bus stop to go to school or they're walking to school and you hear in the neighborhood fight fight fight. Mm-hmm. Even the way they do like it just it brought back Oh, warm memories yeah, of schoolyard fights. Of idiot boys beating the shit of, out of yeah, each other. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes girls. But the way, you know, like people, the, the way the kids would get in a circle and like egg each other on or whatever. And it's these two kids. And one of them calls this Robin Ariano. He calls him a beaner. Yeah. And so. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. And I love that Robin is wearing a Cheech and Chong t-shirt. Yeah, dude. He's wearing a Cheech and, and Chong t-shirt. pretty little. He's pretty little, but he beats the shit yeah. out of this bully. Yeah. Because so, he's. Yeah. A fucking martial arts master. Yeah. And which is so awesome. It's so crazy because I was like, okay, kids did not fight this well, but clearly this kid has gone to like Cobra Kai. Or yeah. Something. And like I told you, like he, because he talks about Enter the Dragon a bunch. Right. Robin right, right. does. And I was like, man, that we were, I mean, there's a group of friends of mine and I who right. were obsessed with Enter the Dragon, but we did have one friend. Who then took right taekwondo and or something could like that? Kick ass, and he weighed all of sixty pounds. Right, right? the rest of us were just like, we're going to learn through osmosis by <laughs> watching Bruce Lee. Um, we're, I'm going to wear this awesome yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. And so Robin is beca- his defender. Is is Finney's defender? And basically, when people mess with him with Finn Finney, Robin will show up and be like. You fuck with him. You fuck with me. And everyone is just like disappears. And that is also important because Finney also tells, uh, sorry, Robin also tells Finney, clearly like Finney helps him with math. Right. And then Robin is like, dude, at some point. You're going to have to stand up. You have to stand up. He's like, I've seen you. You can take a beating. And man, he can. Yeah. And he gets the shit kicked out of him. He's like, but at some point you have to throw a fucking punch, man. Right. And he even says, because he, Robin has had this crazy fight. And Finney's like, dude, why didn't you stop? And he's like, sometimes you have to show blood. You have to draw blood so and that other people, people know not to fuck not with you. Not to fuck with you. And like, of course, this is all going to be right. important. But I loved going back to the Gen X thing. The lessons Finney gets are not from his parents. parents. They're not from his father. They're not from his teachers. They're not from his counselor. They're from his friends or his little sister who are also kind of left to their own devices. And it's the, those are the things that end up saving Saving him. him. And it's so like when you hear those things coming out of children's mouths, right. And I don't know, people probably are going to think like, Oh my God, there they go. Talking about Gen X. Fuck off. off, Whatever. You don't know where you were when Cobain died. Fuck around and find out. Yeah. Um, You know, I find myself sometimes as an adult wanting to say these things as lessons, right? As advice mm-hmm. to not beat the shit out of people and draw blood. But like sometimes you have to do the tough thing. Sometimes you have to take it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you, you got to do the thing that that is maybe not so nice yeah. to, to get on in the world. But we don't do things like Gen X anymore. No, we, no. And I mean, we even said like, there's no way this... Even we, I love that we haven't even gotten to the real plot of I this know. movie. Um, but there, there's no way this movie works in beyond the you know kids who were raised in the 70s there's and 80s. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Because even the idea of the teachers completely looking the other way. Mm-hmm. Dude, nobody talked about fucking bullying. You were, your lesson was if a bully comes after you, you throw a punch back. Or no, you take it. Or you take it. No fucking teacher is going to help you. Even, goddamn, dude. I mean, it's not like I got in a ton of fights. I was smart enough to realize how small I was. But, like, I have had been in fights and friends were in fights. Teachers would let that shit yeah, go. Yeah, the coaches would let it go. I remember yeah. the coaches were the first ones to, on, on, Sight right at ground zero of a fight, but more often than not, the coaches would step in and keep the other kids back. And I quote, the coaches would say, 
Let them get it out of their system. Yes. And, and, and wouldn't really step in until it got somewhat dangerous. Right. Um, they would let the fight go for a little bit. Yeah. And then when somebody drew blood, like, all right, like, we got to break right, this break shit it up, up. Break it up. Shake. I mean, I remember we got, I was in a fight. This is so insane. I was in a fight at, in a basketball game when I was played for my middle school basketball team. And I, it was a fight because someone shoved me into a wall and I was, again, usually the smallest person. And all my friends are like, fuck you. And so they went after this guy. There was like a full on brawl. Yeah. And then finally, the coaches and the refs are like, all right. And then it was like, you guys got to shake hands. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shaking hands. We're going to keep playing. And we're going to keep playing. And that's it. And it's like, that's yeah, not. Yeah. And you, you learned. Like you were either, you could either fight, right? Yeah. Or you could be funny. Yeah. And make people laugh. <laughs> sure. And that's how you got out of getting the beat shit yeah. beat out of you. Yeah. Or you help people with homework. Yeah. And then you got a friend like Robin. And then you got a friend like so Robin. No one fuck with like you. you had to figure out a way to not be the victim. Yeah. In your in your own way, right? Yeah. I was usually like funny. I got into a yeah, few fights. Yeah, me too. But I was usually like the person that was like that's smart. How that's how I'm going to survive. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to survive by being funny. There was no anti. And I'm not mocking that. It's no. Good, I think it's like, great. No anti, it, there was no anti-bullying campaign. You just I had mean, to do it on your own. Yeah, man. <laughs> Again, again, why this movie works where it works. Right. So, okay, eventually. So Robin gets kidnapped as yes. well. So, and here's the other thing I love. Sorry. Here's the other thing I love is that they are on their way home from school, right? And you see all the kids just walking home by themselves. Yeah. And then he turns to, to Gwen and he says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go help Robin with his homework. I'll be back later, blah, blah, blah. And they just separate and they walk their own ways. Nobody yeah. tell dad. I'll be home later. Yeah, and then or sometimes she's, she's like, I'm, I'm going to go, over. I'm spending the night at so-and-so's. I'll be home in the morning. Tell dad. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, that's it, man. That's it. That's how we lived. That's how we lived. Um, And so, yes, then Robin disappears. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's honestly the first time you see, might be the first time you see Jeremy Davies' character, the father character, show some right. goddamn humanity. Right. Because he knows that's Because he knows that's his kid's friend. friend. But man- the bullies don't give a shit. Right. And so now it's open now season on gone. Finn. Yeah. And so, so the very next day he's getting his ass kicked and his little sister. His just little sister pounds on those bullies. With a rock. And she gets beat up too. Oh, they she does. They don't give a shit. No. And she hits that dude. She, yeah. But there's that great shot. She hits that fucking kid with the rock and he's just like bleeding from the side of his head. And then he pops her and her mm -hmm. nose is all bloody. And they basically step out of the fight. And they just sit next to each other and watch the fight. and watch the fight. Yeah, they're being you know wailing on. It's on, crazy. On it's insane. Uh, and so, of course, we all know where this is headed. Right, Finn. They're okay. We should say in almost Stephen King fashion. Yeah. <laughs> in Joe Hill fashion, there are rumors. Right. There's right. a man called the Grabber, right. which to me is a very Stephen King yeah. name. Yeah. Like something a child would say. The Mangler. Right? The Mangler. <laughs> so there's this we see and she has had visions she's had these dreams there are black balloons black balloons and a van and a van and so i can't remember i can't quite remember but somehow the the two cops investigating the kidnappings well what it is is that they hear her talk about these balloons and this band. Yeah, and no one knows and this. Nobody has known this. So they go to her school, they take her out of class, they talk to her, and they basically want to know why she knows about the balloons, yeah. and they think it's her dad. Yes, they think her father or someone in the force has right. has, has let slip this mm -hmm. information. Yeah, it's like, your father's the killer, or we have a... Right, we have our own leak. Our own leak. And she is like, I have dreams, and they're like, yeah, okay. You're crazy, yeah. But she has, but dreams. she has dreams, and then eventually they're like, maybe we should talk to that yeah, kid who has the dreams. Something, that's something that I liked that it, yes. that the cops didn't like, you know, poo poo her dreams, and then it took them a long time to come around to the dreams. Right. That basically the cops were like, we don't have any other. We kids. have nothing, and these kids have. She's having dreams, and yeah. she seems to know things. So let's let's just talk, talk to, to this her. kid. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, yeah, you you know from the beginning, or if you've seen a single trailer. Um, Finney is getting kidnapped. Of right. course, that's what the show is about. Mm -hmm. um, and so he is walking home from school. His sister has gone to go spend the night or whatever yeah. at her friend. So he's walking by himself. 
Ethan Hawke is getting out of his van that says like abracadabra on the side. Yeah. And he's like a, a, a kid, a, a party kid magician. magician. And Although he, I don't know why anybody would hire that. God damn dude. That and he trips right. and drops a bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And whatever Ethan Hawke does with his voice in that moment where he's like, oh gosh, I like, yeah, he comes off as like the bumbling idiot. Right. And so Finn is like, Finny's like, do you, do you need some help? Right. And then he goes to help him and he looks in the van and he just goes, are those black balloons? And then Ethan Hawke just fucking. It's terrifying. Gr- yeah. Grabs him. Yeah. It's the same kind of terrifying as when Buffalo Bill yes. puts what's her name in the van. And I feel like worse modeled on that, yeah. except it's a child. Finney at least gets in a shot. He has this rocket mm-hmm. pen, this pen in the shape of like the one of the Apollo rockets uh-huh, or whatever. That lights up. That lights up in space. Yeah. I mean, we it were was all, a thing. It was a thing. And he's, so he kind of gashes Ethan Hawke with that, uh-huh. but he's still. Dude, he sprays something. He sprays something in his mouth. I don't know what it is, but it makes him black out. Yeah. I don't know if it's- It's so fucked it's up, It's so man. fucked up. It's really, really scary. And then you just see like the black balloons yeah. come out of the van. And then when he wakes up, he wakes up in a, a basement. A basement. A horrifying basement. And this is, okay. This, I think, and this is what I love sometimes about horror movies- based on short stories because I don't know. I didn't, I don't know enough about where Joe Hill was coming from, but to me, the premise of this short story is brilliant. It is you are in a room with a broken phone and then the phone rings. Right. That is so fucking great. Right. So simple. And that's kind of where the story takes off. Right. It's real. And I love, I love movies that unfold like short stories. Yeah, and and because Finney wakes up, he's in this terrifying basement. Um, there's a sh- gross mattress, a really high window, right, and an old broken phone, right. And there's a little, n- another little adjacent room that's got a toilet. Yeah, and that's it. That's it. And then all of a sudden, after he sort of deals with Ethan Hawke, who wears this terrifying fucking various masks. Uh huh. Good on you, costume designer. Right. Jesus Christ. They're pretty scary. Um, and he does good mask work. He does. Just as an, from an acting mm-hmm. point. I was like, because normally you hire Ethan Hawke. You, you hire Ethan Hawke. For his face. For his face, right? He's a handsome dude. He's a good dude. looking guy. Speaking of Gen X legends. Yeah, man. Ethan Hawke. I think it's perfect that yes. it was Ethan Hawke. Um, so they have an interaction. And Ethan Hawke, again, uh, he tries or at least in this moment is very like, I'm not going to hurt you. Right. You're, it's going to be fine. Right. Just, I, I could have killed you. I clearly didn't. This phone is broken. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. We see that it's broken. And then Ethan Hawke leaves and the phone fucking rings. And the rings. phone fucking rings. And the way this movie unfolds then is that Finney can receive calls on this phone uh-huh. from past victims. victims. Yeah. And that is how he starts to develop a plan to right. try to escape. Right. And he begins, some of these people he recognizes. Sure. Some of them he doesn't. Uh, and they don't, some of them don't. They can't remember their they names. They can't remember their names. Yeah. They can't remember who they are. Yeah. And, but they can remember being in the room uh-huh. and, and certain things they did. Right. And so we begin to hear those voices over the phone. Yeah. And then as the black phone. Yeah. As the story unfolds, we can begin to see some of them in the room. Yes. But they cannot communicate with him other than through the phone. Phone. And each one of the victims has done something yes. to try and escape. And it and it is and it failed. And it has failed, but it has given him mm-hmm. sort of enough to build on. Right. And then one of them, the final one is, is Robin. Right. And Robin is like, this is it, man. Yeah. You're going to have to throw a punch. You have to throw a punch. And he, he even talks him through how to do that, you know, step back, step up. And it's like, even when you see the ghost kid, I was like, man, his form is so good. Yeah. His form is so good. He's so good. Even as a ghost, even as a ghost, you can kick your ass. Um, but all of these things and, and on top of that, and we'll get back to the sister, there are other things 
to go back to this that like have prepared Finn, right? Uh-huh. His father hates noise, like violently hates noise, right. right? And will lash out. So Finn has learned how to move quietly. quietly. Um, his uh, he has taken fucking beatings, like he can handle pain right in a way that probably is not necessarily normal for a 14 right. or 15 year old all of these like his the, arm is mint his arm is mint that's the first thing we learn about him mm-hmm. um so all there all of this stuff from his life in addition to the help now he's getting from the ghosts the ghosts uh are all leading him to this moment right right meanwhile his sister is having a fight with Jesus. Right. I love it. <laughs> I and I love that Jesus love. lives in her dollhouse. Jesus lives in her dollhouse. She has connected her gift to Christ. Right. Which I loved mm-hmm. and, and seems, I you know. But then she questions it. Yes, which is great. And then apologizes for right. questioning right. it. But yeah, she, she has at one point, she's like, maybe you're not even fucking real. Yeah. But she doesn't see her gift in the way that her father sees it as something dark or evil or uh-huh. something. She sees it as truly a gift from God. From Jesus. Yeah. And so she prays to, to Jesus. Through her dollhouse. Through which her dollhouse. It's amazing. Like, please let me dream. Yeah. Let me have these dreams. And through these dreams, she starts to piece together, piece together where Finney has been taken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, the yeah, the cops, like you said, are like, yeah. we should talk to this kid. Right. <laughs> She's maybe the magic child uh, right. can help exactly. us. <laughs> so she finally has this one last dream and she puts it all together and she's been on her bike. Like I also love Dude. that nobody questions her. She just gets on her bike in the middle of the night yeah. and rides around the neighborhood and starts looking for these signs. It's like mounting an investigation. Right. And yeah. she finally puts it together and she calls the cops and she says, it's here. Yes. And so they go. Yeah, and so this is all happening while the the cops are moving in. Finn is Finny is preparing his sort of final battle with the grabber. Yeah, with Ethan Hawke. It's, I mean, yeah, I don't even know. Like, it all culminates in in these sort of two things coming together at the same time. At yeah. the same time, um, and he's finally able to defeat the grabber. Because of all of the things he's right. learned or pre- prepared him. Yeah. And his sister is able to find him. Yeah. Um, and the. It's, it's, I mean, the relationship between, I, the, I think the, that that's the best part to me about the movie is the relationship between the brother and the sister. Yeah. And, These two kids alone who yeah, only have each other. Who only have each other because they lost their mother and their father is. Is sick. It's yeah, broken. It's truly broken. And 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 really the final moment is you know the cops rushing in. Even in that moment no one is fucking looking out for yeah. them. You know. Their dad apologizes. Yeah, it's and there is a scene, like there is a scene in the middle of the movie where he is having a Finney has already been taken and she goes to her dad and she says i have a question but please don't be mad yeah and he's like okay right and she says it's about my dreams right and they talk about this and that's the moment where he's such a good actor where yeah. you actually feel he has uh, he has a reason for n- her not wanting to put so much uh, importance on yes. these dreams and it has to do with a wife and all that yes. stuff. And he says to her, I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. But like so many of our parents mm-hmm. who were, didn't know any other way to protect us. Yeah. So they, La- put, lashed, they lashed out. out. Yeah. They lashed out at us. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, he's, it's, he's it's, real good in the hands. It's sad, but it's a, it's a fact. Yeah. And in the hands of a lesser actor actor i that guy could easily become a stereotypical you know asshole father right man again i mean that's also another like obviously bullying is a part of this family (laughs) this family history they they also i mean hill deals with alcoholism in a i think in a similar way to how his dad deals with it in In the in it and the shining the shining yeah um I don't know. I don't know enough. I know King 
battled some of that, but I'm like, maybe I assume his father did too. Uh, and I don't know if Hill did or not, but like, clearly that is a running Mm -hmm. thing. Right. Um, but in the end, it's not that they disregard their father, but it's still sort of just the two of them. Yeah. They're sitting. So like he gets saved. They're sitting in the back of the ambulance together. They're wrapped in like these blankets. Yeah. And the father comes running down the street because everything has been happening in this neighborhood. Yeah. So like it's in this he small hears the town. Commotion. It's a small town. And the father comes running down the street. He says, they're my children. He goes to them and they have no reaction on their face. He is weeping and he gets down on his knees and he puts his hand on their knees and he says, forgive me. Yeah. Please forgive me. And it cuts to the kids and the kids are just kind of like, meh. Meh, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately the final shot is just, or in that moment is just them. And truly, and, and this is why I say, why I would say like, well, I texted with you and it's not like I was breaking any ground. I was like, this is, this is a, a coming of age story. A Bildungsroman as the fancy people would call it. <laughs> because the end is about him saying, my name is Finn. Uh-huh. It's not Finny. Right. And talking to the girl he likes. Yeah, that's what it is. That is that's because it. that's the final shot. Yeah. And and he all of this is so he could grow up. Yeah. That's it. And and the horror obviously there's horror in it. There's that one ghost that I was like, Psh, that shit's legit. Which one? The floating oh one. Oh my god. Yeah. That was So like I was going to ask you because yesterday I was texting with Blake Hackler and he was like, I'm about to watch Legend. The Black Phone, the legendary Blake mm-hmm. Hackler. And um, I said, oh, I saw it last night. So tell me what you think. And he also liked it. But his comment was not scary. Yeah. I, 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 so Aspen loved it, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe it's not that scary. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Um, no, no, it's. I, I agree, though. I yeah, mean, the, that's it, my only. I don't even know if it's a complaint because I think it's me having gone in mm-hmm. thinking it was going to be way scarier than it right. was. So to me. It the the ghosts were not scary. That wasn't the no. scary part. The scary part, what was happening, what is what was happening in their lives. Yeah, around them, the fact that these children are being taken, and maybe that speaks to me specifically because I was a kid during that time. Yeah, but it was re- the, the the what was scary was were the real people. Yes. Yeah. The, the ghosts. ghosts are not. I mean, the ghosts actually help him. I did think that one floating ghost was creepy as yeah, fuck. Very creepy. But no, I did not think like, I actually think sinister is far more frightening than this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and also because, uh, and again, that's why I think this is the it, horror comes second. Like right. this movie is not about that. Um, Hawk is great. And he is menacing and weird and off-putting, uh-huh. and the mask is great. Disturbing. But we don't have a lot of time with him. Right. Um, this is way more about the kid. The kid. And so, no, I, I am. I think probably in but agreement I think that with that, Blake. That's part of why I think that's that that the scary part is what's going on in real life. Because I think if we had spent more time with Hawk, it would not have been as scary. That element of the story would not have been as scary sorry i just burped as it was yeah um and i don't I, honestly, is it like he appears a little bit yeah he's menacing we see him oh my god that part was creepy when he, we just there's shots of him waiting in the kitchen yes those oh those god. are this like that mo- those are fucking creepy yeah again i i think i'm i don't know that this movie being terrifying was the goal of the movie right because it's I don't think it's terrifying. I think the, you know, the nature of it is and what's happening, but no, I don't like sinister. I think going in and, you know, Ethan Hawke saying this is the scariest movie or whatever. I thought because it's the dude who made sin, like sinister to me is actually fucking scary. Yeah, me too. And this is not, not. like that. Yeah. But I don't, that's not its goal. No. You know? And, and a lot of times, look, man, if you got to market it as the scariest movie, we talk about this. That's a marketing thing. Sure. To me, this is a, a really great coming of age story about specifically about Gen X. Yeah. I'm on board, man. Yeah. Um, the kids are really good. They're really good. Like the, the little, I yeah. shouldn't say little. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're little they're kids. kids. They're children. The, the brother and sister, man, they're going to get work. Yeah, <laughs> like they they're, are. They're really good. All the kids are good. All the kids, yeah. Um, It was 
beautifully shot. Yeah. It was really well directed. The costumes are fucking amazing. The art direction is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, the, the effects are, they're good. Yeah, they're what they need to be. They're what they need to be. They do a really good job of planting things that yes. that are important. Yeah, I mean, the first thing you hear, your arm, your arm is, is mint. mint. Yeah, I mean, so there's, there's a really good, even like, why is there... Weird frozen meat in this, you know, right. like all of these little things. Like, why did we just go through all of that for him to not be able to fucking yes do the thing do he the needs thing to he do? Needs to and do. then later you're like, ah, ah all of this comes back. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know where I fall on the brother plot. <laughs> I thought that was odd, to be honest. Ethan Hawke's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to John about it last night, and he was like, I feel like that's something that was there was more in the book. <laughs> There might have been more in the yeah. book, and also I feel it was an attempt at the at comedy. Yes, which seemed out like of this is like the ridiculous part of this story. Yeah, which seemed a little out of mm-hmm. place. It didn't. It didn't bother no, me. No, and that guy was good. Yeah, it I didn't just was ruin like, it for me. I was like, this is just a weird subplot, <laughs> right? Or I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's uh, it's maybe it also. It, shows that the Ethan Hawke character really will stop at nothing. Yeah, that is brother. Like he does. Yeah, and I think that's important where he takes him out. It's just like the weird, yeah, I don't know, when we like cut to the cocaine conspiracy theory scene. And I was like, it's funny, but like what's happening? Is it like supposed to be a red herring? Right. Like are we, because at this point we know he's not, we know that guy is not the kidnapper. We know it's Ethan Hawke. We know it's Ethan Hawke from <laughs> Jump. Yeah. So like, why are we trying to throw a red hair? Yeah. So that was a little strange, but not enough to bother me really. Right. Um, yeah. I thought it was very, it's a well-crafted movie mm-hmm. with good kid actors. Yeah. And Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I love a movie about kids doing good you know, yeah. like kids winning the day. I, yes. I love those with movies. With the help of other kids. With the help of other kids. Even ghost kids. Do you think it's because I'm Gen X? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Like uh, we're all we had. We're all we had. We're the Goonies. Uh, yeah, totally. And and uh, side note, man, I'm digging what Ethan Hawke's doing with his career. Yeah, me too. I was like, this motherfucker did the Northman. Yeah. And then now he's doing black phone. Like he couldn't. Yeah. Easily- and you know, for many years he went off and did Shakespeare at some yes. obscure theater. And like, he's a dude. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He's Ethan Hawke. He never has to work again a day in his life. Um, but uh, he could have easily fallen into like, you know, just doing shitty rom-coms right. or whatever. He's and- done it all. Yeah. He was married to Uma Thurman. Yeah. And now his kid's famous. Good yeah. on her. Playing. <laughs> A Gen X kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I think he's made some really like cool, weird, like when he popped up in the Northman, I was like, wait, what the fuck's going yeah, on? Yeah. Like, how is Ethan? And he was great. He was great. Um, and he's oddly menacing in this. Yeah. Uh, and not a guy you know, I would normally think, I think of like that. I think when we were teenagers, when we were younger, I don't think that Ethan Hawke actually got the credit that he deserved as an actor. Right. And I, th- he got sort of lumped in to like, this is what this guy is. And right. I, he was capable of, of, of way, way, way more. Way more. Um, Have you heard the story of how he got his first Hollywood agent? No. So he was doing Dead Poet Society. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, he talks about how Robin Williams was, ju- I mean, of course, was like cutting up on set uh-huh. all the time, like always trying to make them laugh. And he was a kid. He was like, and I was trying to do serious work. Sure. Like I was trying to, you know, do a good job as an actor. So every time... uh. Robin Williams would start cutting up. He would try to like be serious even more, like not, <laughs> not lose it. And everybody else would be laughing. Right. Um, and that, so Robin Williams honed in on that and like would tease him about like, Oh, look at you. You're not going to laugh, blah, 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 blah. And would just give him hell That's about awesome. it. And then he was like, God, I hated it. I hated it. And then after they wrapped dead poet society, um, he got a call from this Hollywood agent and said, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm Robin Williams' agent. He says that you're going to be big and that I should sign you. Wow, that's so, fucking awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, that is awesome. I mean, yeah, I love, uh, dude, he's Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, Black Phone, I, I definitely, 
uh, I recommend it. I recommend it. I don't know if I would recommend it right. I mean, go to the movies and watch it. Get your chicken fingers or your chocolate sure. or whatever you're going to watch at the Granada or whatever. But you can wait till it's... You can wait until it's six ninety nine. Yes. I'm, I don't suggest you going to pay $20 for it. No. I mean... Unless you have unle- a group. Unless you have a group. Yeah. Unless you're like a super huge Ethan Hawke yeah. fan. Um, you know, whatever. But yeah, like you and I both liked it. John liked it. Aspen really, really liked mm-hmm. it. Um Again, and I, I know all, all we've talked about is how awesome Gen X is. I well, don't think true. you have to be Gen X to appreciate the movie. No, but, but you, you will are, appreciate you it more. You will appreciate it even more. And I, I'm yeah. sorry. Because it will be your life. It's not bragging if it's true. It's, absolutely. It's a fact. Sorry. It's y'all. a fact. Sorry. Um, uh, you know what, Michael? I am super tired of holding up these fucking mic arms. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm weak and old. Yeah. So we're uh, going to break earlier than we usually yes. do. Uh, keep an eye out. For we're gonna start the tat mailbag. So yes. on Facebook and Instagram, we want uh, we want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. We're gonna post some stuff. Uh, please send us in questions and take a look and about anything you've ever wanted to know yes. about horror. We'll try and yeah, answer. or tacos or tacos or, or whatever. No, people ask me this all the time. People are like, Christy, why horror? <laughs> I got asked that this morning. <laughs> I got asked that That's this morning. That's a very morning. bold question. Why horror? Why horror? And I'm like, I don't, why not horror? Yeah. I don't even know how to answer that question. Because it kicks ass. I don't because know. Because it kicks ass because it's awesome. I don't, uh, I don't understand people who don't like yeah, horror. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So yeah, we're going to start that and we will answer your questions on the podcast. Yeah. And we'll give you a shout out and all that stuff. And yep. Again, keep it on YouTube. We're going to have video stuff soon and Go all that. Go to Scalini's. Go to Scalini's. And thank you, Jim John Make Noise. And we'll see you soon. Woo! Bye. There it is. There it is. Uh, uh.